Somebody's going to get free tonight, right? Somebody's going to get free tonight. So we're going to talk about the four levels of spiritual warfare. I'm absolutely convinced that too many people in the body of Christ are living in bondage, and they don't need to live in bondage. There's too many people that they sing about victory, but they don't live in victory. They, they talk about victory, but their house is in bondage, their money's in bondage, their mind's in bondage, their spirit's in bondage. They spend more days depressed than they do in joy. They spend more days oppressed than they do in peace. And I don't believe that's how God wants the people of God to live. And one of the reasons is, is because we've never learned how to get spiritual breakthroughs in our life. And so most people don't even realize, I'm not here because this is a deep church and we get deep teaching all the time, but you'd be surprised in the world how many people have no idea that there's only four levels of spiritual warfare. So I'm going to identify those tonight and we're going to get into level one. And so I want to tell you a story before I do. Several years ago, as a matter of fact, this past weekend, I spoke to the U.S. military for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was a great honor on Veterans Day weekend. They invited me to come in and speak to the military, so I was representing you. And every time I go out, I'm an ambassador of this house, so, so I thank the Lord for that privilege. But one of the greatest honors I've ever been given is several years ago, I was asked to go speak to the U.S. military in Europe. And so I went from military base to military base to military base, just encouraging our troops and speaking to the military. And so when on this particular trip, I went from Germany into Italy, and I'd never been to Italy before, and I was met there by a Navy chaplain, and I had a tour day before I had to speak. And so he said, you know, Dr. Cutshaw, where would you like to go? And I said, well, you know, we're in Rome. Why not start out at the Vatican? You know, I could have eaten pizza, but I thought, let's go to the Vatican instead. So we went to the Vatican, and here I saw the Sistine Chapel and the, the famous painting of Michelangelo where he laid on his back in his 80s, uh, an 80-year-old man painting the Sistine Chapel, this incredible artwork. I saw one of the greatest art collections in the entire world. If you've ever been to Vatican, the artwork is on the wall and on the ceiling as well. So when you walk down the hallways, there's thousands of pieces of, of original art to look at, and all of them are in gold-plated frames. It's, the, it's so amazing that it's really indescribable. You can't just look at a painting. It's everywhere you go. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of original artwork from the great masters there in the Vatican. So I saw all of that. I saw Sistine Chapel, St. Peter's Square, some of the great sculptures of the world. I went to the, uh, to the religion museum that they have and saw a collection of religious art literally from down through the ages. And I'll be honest with you, I saw all of this and I was going, wow, 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 snapping pictures. But I really can't tell you that I had a spiritual moment. I, I'm sorry to tell you that. I even walked through the door of Jubilee, which is uh, promised by the Catholics as entrance into heaven. So it was open. I thought, why not, man? I'm Pentecostal. I know I'm going, but I, I'll dance through that door of Jubilee if I have to. So I did. I just say the door was open. I got in the line with the Catholics. I did this and I walked through the door. So I know I'm going. At least they think I'm going. And so, you know, I was getting the whole experience. I wanted to do it all. So I was getting the whole experience. But, but I leave Vatican and the Navy chaplain says, can I take you to my favorite place in Rome? And I'm thinking, what? This is not your favorite place in Rome. I mean, all the things we just saw, there's something you like better than this. So we start walking down the streets of Rome. I see the great Colosseum where the Apostle Paul was fighting the lions there when they threw him to the lions. I saw that, I saw that big arena where they would 
feed the Christians to the lions. I saw the Corinthian columns where he would stand there and debate apologetically the scriptures. I saw all of that. And, but we walked all past that. I'm thinking, okay, where are we going? So we keep walking. I can't read Italian. And we end up to this little place right here. And we start walking down these stairs. And I'm thinking, how in the world can this be your favorite place in Rome? It looks like we're going into a cellar. And then I start getting worried because this guy's bigger than me, right? And he's a military guy. And I'm thinking, why is he taking me into a basement of this old building? And so we start walking down this staircase and we get in this basement. And then we end up in this little hole right here, this little chamber. Now I'm 6'2 and I can't even stand up in here. I'm walking like this. And my first, my first inkling is, why is this guy brought me into this hole in the ground? And then all of a sudden, something happened to me that I didn't expect to happen. I started to cry. And I thought, why am I crying? I'm in a hole in the ground. And then I started crying uncontrollably. You know how that is, you know, when you get the ugly face and the whole bit. I am, try I am crying so uncontrollably that I can't even contain myself. The next thing I know... I am on the ground, feeling of the ground, and I'm touching the sides of this wall, and I'm crying so hard that I can't even talk. And I'm getting embarrassed from this because I'm with this tough military guy, and now I am completely falling apart in this little hole in the ground. And I finally was able to muddle through the tears and say to him, where in the world are we? And he said, you are in the cell of the Apostle Paul, the prison cell of the Apostle Paul. And I realized in that moment that the Holy Ghost was still in, those, in that room. I realized that the power of God, the anointing that wrote so most of the New Testament was still right there in that room. After going through where popes have ruled and, and artists have painted, I was not moved. But I go into a place where part of the New Testament was written and my mind is exploding, my heart is exploding, and I can't even contain my emotion because of the glory of God that was in this hole in the ground. And my mind began to get flooded with, what did he write here? I'm seeing this place. What did he write here? And I remembered that the Apostle Paul wrote some of the most encouraging words in all the New Testament from this hole. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. He says here, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, this this is where he says that he is in a hole in the ground. I don't even have to, I don't even have time to tell you about how many centurions he won to the Lord. The Praetorium Guard was guarding him in this hole in the ground, and the history books tell us they had to change out the Praetorium Guard every 30 minutes because that's how long it took the Apostle Paul to convert the toughest guys in Rome. These are the guards who guarded the emperor, and they were turning to Christianity right and left, and all he could do was give his testimony up through a hole in the ceiling where they fed him, but there he told them how good God had been to him, and he was converting the toughest guys in Rome. Well, it's in this place that the Apostle Paul also gives us a window to something we've never seen before. He writes this from that hole in the ground. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, look at this, he, he reveals for the first time in all the Bible, Daniel didn't see it, Isaiah didn't see it, no prophet saw it. He's the one in a hole in the ground that tells us there is only four levels of spiritual warfare. The first level the lowest level is principality then there's powers then there's rulers and then there's hosts and can I tell you something else he told us about this prison he said your prison cannot hold you prisoner if you're free in Christ that's what he wants you to know that you do not have to be bound by your circumstances money cannot make you a prisoner poverty cannot make you a prisoner sickness cannot make you a prisoner losing a job cannot make you a prisoner. Losing somebody walking out of your life cannot make you a prisoner. The apostle Paul says in a hole in the ground when I've been stripped from everything my redeemer liveth and I'm feeling his strength. He says you can overcome your battles even if your circumstances are not what you wanted them to be. So here he gives us the key to living this victorious life. Here he gives us the key to living victoriously. So I don't have time but to cover principality tonight. So you got to come back in two weeks, and I'm going to cover powers and rulers and hosts two weeks from now. So I'm just going to cover one of those, which is how do we overcome principalities. And the reason I want to spend the whole night on this one is because this is the one that trips people up. The most. I just want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners who help us take the gospel around the world and train pastors and leaders around the world. Uh, because of you, we have been able to do so much for the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. Uh, I was able to train over 5,000 church planters just in the country of India alone. We've worked all through Africa as well as Europe. Uh, every year I go to Romania and train pastors and we've trained hundreds of pastors there in, in Romania. We've graduated over 3,000 pastors from programs, certificate programs, just in Central America. Uh, our teams and our, the young men and women that I've taken on the field with me, numerous uh, young ministers who I just want to give them experience and, and uh, help them to get their feet wet in ministry. We have gone around the world spreading the gospel and none of this is possible without you. I just wanna say thank you for your continued support, whether it's a one-time donation of any size or whether it is a, a monthly donation that you've decided to partner with us uh, monthly. I just wanna say thank you for that. And for those of you that are looking for ways to give to this ministry, because it is a good seed to sow in and we're doing things around the world, here's a screen that would tell you some easy ways that you can give to this ministry. But once again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all of those lives that you are changing. It is my honor to be your ambassador to the world. So how do these four work? Here's the four levels of spiritual warfare. First of all, principalities come against your mind. 
It's the battlefield of your mind. What is your, what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So where do we fight most of our spiritual battles? We fight them in our mind. We fight them in our will. Our will gets weak. We give in to temptations, and we fight them in our emotions. Do you know there are people sitting here in this room that can jump three feet high when you're singing a song, but all the devil has to do is push one button, and he can cripple them for the rest of the week by pushing one button in their life. You're ugly. No one likes you. Somebody left you. Your father didn't speak over you. Your mother forsake you. You're adopted. You're sick. No one. You have no friend. All he has to do is push one button. Look at how you look. He can, I mean, all he has to do is get you staring at your nose and he can get you. Some people don't like their nose. Some people don't like their hairline. Some people don't like their feet. Some people don't like their earlobes. He doesn't need much to torment your mind. And there are people that can stand there and rejoice with the best of them, but all Satan has to do is push one button and he cripples them into a, into a childlike a warrior who can't even pick up a sword. So how do we overcome that? Because that's the one we're going to talk about tonight. The principalities come against your mind. The powers come against you through other people. Okay, so when when you start winning, where we're and you're going to win by the time we leave here tonight, I promise you, we're going to have some people walk out of here. You're going to be free. You're going to be victorious. You're going to sleep good tonight. You're going to have a great week, and you're going to claim the victory for the rest of your life because God's about to give you the key tonight to help you get out of that prison of your mind. So see, you you have you when you come out of that prison of your mind, then Satan seeks out gossips and weak people and and people who are easily offended, and then he sends those people to you with accusation. That's powers. Powers is when Satan uses other people to come against you, okay? We're going to deal with that in two weeks. And then rulers is controlling cities and territories, okay? So, by the way, guys, even though this is on spiritual warfare, don't get worried. This is going to be spiritual but not spooky. Everybody okay with that? I'm not going, we're not going to go down the spooky road with this teaching on spiritual warfare. We're going to stay on the side of victory. How about that? We're just going to stay on the side of victory in this teaching. All right, so then the, the final one is the warfare that's waged in the heavens. That's hosts. That's armies. So you have four levels of spiritual warfare. You have principalities coming against your mind. You have powers where other people are attacking you. You have rulers, which are territories in cities, where you have cities and territories under bondage. And then finally, you have spiritual warfare in the heavenlies, which is the host. So tonight, we're going to talk about how to break the chains off of your life and get free in Christ. How many of you are ready to get free in Christ tonight? So I wanted you to go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 12 because we're going to look at something here in Acts chapter 12 where Peter is in prison and he has to walk through four doors to get free. And when you see these four doors, they correspond with this, uh, they correlate and correspond with this Ephesians 6 teaching on the four levels of spiritual warfare. So let's start here in Acts chapter 12. When they were past the first, everybody say the first. Okay, the first gate he gets through is the principality gate. That's, the, that's the, the battle of his mind. Then he has to pass the second guard post. Everybody say second. So here's a the, here's the key that you need to remember for the next two weeks. 
You get out of the first and second prison the same way. All right? You're going to see how he got out. You get out of the first prison, you get out of the prison of your mind and the prison of attack from other people the same way. And, and if, you, if you don't understand that, you start attacking back. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what we do, instead of pulling down strongholds, we just attack whoever attacked us. We just front them out on Facebook. or I mean, none of you do that. That's only for immature people, right? So I know none of you do that. But that's how some people deal with their warfare. Well, you hurt me, so I'll just hurt you. You expose me, so I'll expose you. And you told on me, so I'll just tell on you. And that is not spiritual warfare, okay? So that's what gets us in trouble. So you get past the first and second guard post the same way. Then they came to the iron gate. That's the third one, which leads to the city. Okay, so there's the third gate of spiritual warfare, which leads to the city. And then it says, then they went out from down one street, and immediately the angel departed from them. Now, he has to go through one more gate, and that is the gate of the church. Remember the all-night prayer meeting for Peter to get free from prison? He has to go through that gate, which is the fourth gate. Now, again, we're going to talk about the other three a couple of weeks from now. So how did he get out of the prison of his mind? There are people in this room right now who are living in a prison of your own mind. You are being shut down by your own emotions. You are feeling you're living beneath the privilege of victory because somebody left you or somebody hurt you or somebody lied on you or somebody come against you or you feel forsaken or you don't feel like, like you got the break that somebody else got. I mean, if I had a show of hands of how many people in this room has lost a job before, you'd be surprised. If I had a show of hands of how many people have been divorced before, you'd be surprised. If I had a show of hands of how many people had somebody that you loved walk out on you or how many of you have ever been cursed out by a family member you would be shocked at how many people have gone through the same types of warfare, but yet some are able to move beyond it and live in victory while others seem to be crippled by it for the rest of their life. How do I move beyond what happened to me? How do I move beyond what was done to me? How do I get out of this prison of my mind? So as we move through this, I want you to see how, how Peter was set free. Guys, it's not moving on me back there, so there we go. Now, Satan usually, when he attacks you, comes against old wounds. See, you can tell when you're under a spiritual attack when Satan starts talking about your past. Now, there's a difference in oppression and attack. I, 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 let me just say this while I'm on this subject. I don't like to give the devil any more credit than he deserves. So, you know, if, if you're, if some people look for the demons behind the door. I look for angels behind the door. There's just a difference. I, I just believe that the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I'm not going to go around claiming that the devil's on my back all the time. I'd like to think it's the other way. I'd like to think he's running from me instead of I'm running from him. I'd kind of like to think that I'm pushing back the gates of hell a little bit on my own. And so I don't want to give in to this whole everything is a spiritual attack. So I'm not one of those people. Now, there are plenty of those around. And if you're looking for one, you can find one. They might even be sitting next to you. But don't come to me if you think every time you have a bad day, the devil's attacking you. Because you're not going to hear me say that. You're not going to hear me talk like that. Because that, when I hear people say that all the time, it, it's a, it rings the bell. It says, I'm living in bondage. 
I'm living in bondage because I think everything that comes against me is that the devil has more power over me than Jesus has. No, listen, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm looking for my Redeemer. I'm waiting on the sound of the trumpet. I've got a, I've got a spring in my step. I've got peace in my heart. No, when Jesus Christ is your Redeemer, he's redeemed you from the curse of the law. He's redeemed you. If God be for you, who can be against you? So sometimes we're just thinking about things. That's why the Bible says, if your eye is full of light, it's the lamp of the body. If your eye is full of light, your whole body's full of light. If I see things in the light, I'm happy. But if I see things through darkness, I'm sad. If your eye is full of darkness, your whole body is full of darkness. So if you go around, if you're a demon chaser, you're going to be depressed a lot. I'm just being honest with you. If you're trying to, if you're going around looking for the devil all the time, you're going to be depressed because your eyes see in darkness. No, no, chase angels. Chase, let the Holy Ghost get you up. Say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Start your day with God. Speak a blessing over your life because God is going before you. Remember that goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life, and you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So sometimes we don't need the devil to attack us we're speaking so many curses over our own life that we keep ourselves in bondage i can't tell you how many people even preachers that i hear preach victory but speak curses they speak them over their own lives continually i'm this i'm like this and i'm this way i'm this way no we've got to learn to change our language and change the way we think if we want to live in victory okay so satan likes to attack your old wounds so how do I get out of the prison of my mind? I want you to start in verse 8 of Acts chapter 12, verse 8, because the angel gives him keys to get out of the first and second prison. I'm going to ask you to repeat a few things because I want you to remember them, and if you're writing them down, great, because, because I want you to walk this out in your life. Verse 8, then the angel said to him, gird yourself. Turn your neighbor and say, gird yourself. And then he said, tie on your sandals. So turn to somebody and say, put on your shoes. And then he said, put on your garment. Say, put on your garment. And then the angel is in the spirit. And Peter, when you see this passage, Peter doesn't even know if he's in a dream or not. He even says, he says, I don't even know if this is a dream. So when the angel says, follow me, he said, walk in the spirit. All right, that's what he's saying. So, so let's look at this again. The angel said, gird yourself Put on your sandals, put on your garment, and walk in the Spirit. So here's the key. Gird yourself. He said, put on your sandals. And he said, put on your garment and walk in the Spirit. So let's talk about these tonight. The first one he says is gird yourself. Now what does he mean to gird yourself? Now you have to correlate this story with the passage in Ephesians. So what does he tell you to do when you're putting on the armor of God? Put on the belt of what? Truth, right? Put on the belt of truth. What does the belt hold? It holds the sword of the Spirit. So how do I gird myself? If I'm going to walk victoriously, the first thing I have to do is I have to start living in the truth and not a lie. I'm not going to live in the lie that Satan told me. I'm going to start living in the truth that God told me about myself. Don't, 
Don't believe what Satan told you you are. Don't believe what Satan says that people think about you. No, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the expressed image of God. You are a king's kid. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are a prince and a princess.